Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. And welcome to our Super Saturday coverage of IMSA at VIR. It's the Michelin GT Challenge weekend with the GT cars, the Grand Touring cars in uh, in the spotlight this weekend. Busy, busy day. We've got some qualifying coming up for you for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. We'll have that on IMSA TV and the World Feed as well, whether you're in the US or further afield. Uh, we've got racing for you as well, including the first race of the weekend of the Intimate 2 Mazda MX-5 uh, plus Lamborghini and VP Racing that's all to come and we'll wind up today with our live free coverage uh, of the Michelin Pilot Challenge the two hour Virginia is for racing lovers contest uh, later on this afternoon into the evening depending on where you are in the world we'll kick off our live coverage today with exclusive uh, coverage from VIR and it is the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship that gets us underway. Free practice too, coming up next live here on IMSA Radio. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Green flag is flying on a very, very lovely morning uh, at, uh, yeah, morning uh, here uh, at VIR. This is my second time zone of the day, and they're in, the, they're in both in very different uh, directions, as I was calling Sepang uh, and Porsche Carrera Cup Asia in the early hours of this morning here in the UK. Uh, we are often running with an 86 uh Fahrenheit track temperature 84 in the air that's 29 in the air and 30 on the track let's go to Shay Adam down in the pit lane uh, she's our eyes and ears at the track this weekend uh, hello Shay hello John and hello to Danny Junkadea good morning and I'm glad to say your car is on the pit lane very superficial the damage after the big fire the crew here till about midnight how much work was it for them to repair yeah, I think luckily there was not a lot of damage, um, just mostly bodywork. Um, we had to make some setup changes as well, so that's why I guess the guys stayed a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, we're ready to go. Um, luckily, just a very spectacular fire, but uh, nobody was badly injured, and that's the most important. What caused it? Um, I think the fuel hose, uh, something got loose and the fuel kept going out. So when the mechanic pulled out, uh, there was still fuel coming out of the of the hose, and then um, I guess the, the disc or the exhaust, something must have caused it immediately, the, the little fire. And that's something that when you have a little failure, it's not something you can control. So um, yeah, it just happened. Luckily, it happened yesterday. Yeah, that's nerve-wracking, because there's no way to stop that from happening again, necessarily. Um, but looking forward to this weekend, 
it's a new track. How much are you enjoying VAR? Amazing track. Um, keep discovering amazing tracks in the U.S. I knew this one was a was a rocker, and um, yeah, I've been enjoying it so far. Uh, yeah, very, 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 very difficult track with a lot of a lot of risk management, and yeah, I like that. Solamente buena suerte. Yeah, gracias. Daniel, uh, Danny Jochadea uh, and Shea Adam, Jeremy Shaw joins me in the Global Broadcast Centre for IMSA. Well, sort of bad news, good news there, Jeremy. Um, bad news for them yesterday, good news, they knew, know what it was. Even better news, I suppose, that the car is already back out there with um, a, a few singe marks on it, nothing much more than that. Uh, good morning, Jeremy. Yeah, good morning, John. Good morning, everybody. Great to be uh, back with you. And uh, yeah, pretty toasty already this morning and 84 degrees at, well, after 10 o'clock. Uh, so it's going to be another warm one today, I think. Uh, but uh, not as warm as it was down there in that uh, Proton Racing competition where the racing pit yesterday. And yeah, that is scary. But as you say, good news and bad news there. Also good news, of course, that it didn't impact their, their championship aspirations, which they still have. Uh, they are coming into this weekend third in the points. Um, a couple of hundred or so behind, so they've got some work to do to, to catch up with the leaders. Vassar Sullivan's car number 14 in GTD Pro, but uh, it was, I guess, good that it happened yesterday. I think fewer people cool. in the pits uh, as well than there That's would have been uh, during the race tomorrow. So, um, uh, But great to follow up there by Shea to find out that there's minimal damage on that car and, and good to be back out again. And Yeah, it's, it's certainly concerning there when you have any sort of a, a fuel probe issue. Um, you know, there's supposed to be uh, safety features there that uh, don't allow that to happen. So it's a bit concerning, certainly, but I'm sure they'll have done a pretty thorough investigation oh, yeah. and uh, won't be too concerned about it happening again. If, if you saw any pictures overnight, uh, dear listener, um, that's, um, you, you might now today see some different pictures uh, or some pictures that make that car look uh, very, very clean. There was a bit of bodywork that needed swapping. So some of the singed bodywork was removed and the team have done a cracking job to make sure that car looks as pristine as it does on the pit lane right now. This first 15 minutes is for the GTD cars only. So Orange Tealitz, Sheena Monk, they're the top two at the moment. Gradient Racing and Vassar Sullivan, opposite way around, sorry. Then Mikel Grenier for Team Kortoff in the Mercedes. Two Porsches, Trent Hinman for Wright, Seb Priol for AO. Uh, Marcus Sorensen, Ayo, by the way, is the pink dinosaur. Uh, that's Roxy, not Rexy. Rexy's on the way to uh, Fuji. Yeah, we're, we're bought into it completely. Marcus Sorensen and Heart of Racing's Aston Martin. Uh, Madison Snow out for Paul Miller Racing. Uh, Turner Motorsport have Chandler Hull in the 97, Robbie Foley in the 96. Kelly Moss have David Brillet in the 92. Laura Spinelli for Forte Lamborghini. Uh, and that those are the cars. In fact, Alamette just going out now uh, for the 91 Kelly Moss car. And there, Jeremy, get the first 15 minutes. Now, normally, that means that they are out with any of the other non-pro classes, but not the GTPs. But because this is a GT only weekend, they've got the track to themselves now. This uh, Baker's Dozen, the 13, check that, uh, 14 uh, GTD cars. Yeah, luxury. I mean, they'll be uh, rel relishing this uh, opportunity to get out there and, and just match themselves against each other. Uh, so class, you know, just one class out there and uh, a good opportunity to get some, some clear running in here and uh, either do a bit of a qualifying sim 
in preparation for uh, later on this afternoon. Qualifying take place at 3.25 this afternoon, so it'll probably be a good bit warmer then than it is now. Uh, um, but uh, otherwise, just you know, working again on, on, on s s starting off with a, a longer run here. So we'll see how long they stay out there. Just three laps in the books now. Uh, we're already uh, almost halfway through the first 15 minutes that they will have solo before the GTD Pro cars come out to join them. I, uh, I thought you were going to break into the four Yorkshiremen there when you said luxury like that. But for a man from the other side of the uh, of the country, Robbie Foley with the first um, sort of representative time of 1.46.8. Robbie for Turner Motorsport. The BMW teams have been doing rather well recently, uh, possibly none better than the number one BMW. Uh, Madison Snow in that car at the moment for Paul Miller Racing. Uh, of kinds of all kinds of talk about what they will be doing next year stepping up to gtd has been mentioned I think we might have double figures of gtd next year i'm not wishing this pro. season uh, a gtd pro excuse me yes thank you jeremy gtd pro we may have uh, double figures of gtd pro for next year i am not at all wishing this season away because it's a, a cracking run into uh, motil petit le mans but with uh, full season double figures of LMP2, uh, additional cars in GTD and in GTD Pro, and potentially for the longer races at the very least in GTP, I'm not sure how we're going to squeeze them all in. IMSA apparently have been seen buying um, very large amounts of liquid soap and shoehorns to get people into the races next year, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... There's so much interest and excitement about uh, the IMSA World Tech Sports Car Championship right now. And we just heard it there from, from Danny Junkadela in the pits, how excited he is to be part of this championship. And you speak to any of the European drivers yeah. and they all love being part of this championship uh, you know, for, for, for many, many reasons. One, of course, is the, the quality of the tracks we race in, but uh, the, the quality of the competition too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is. this is worthy uh, or equal of any well, I mean, nothing against the WEC, of course, but I mean, the uh, the competition here is, I think, every bit as intense yeah. as it is in the World Championship as well. And, totally. and we have these fabulous tracks to race on as well. So no wonder that I think there is so much excitement about this championship moving forward. And yeah, it's going to be a problem uh, to, uh, to, to squeeze all the cars on the grid. They're, they're going to have some, you know, I think that IMSA has had inquiries from many many people oh, yeah. from around the world to join this championship next season and if you're not part of it this year uh in some way shape or form it, it might be difficult to get an entry for 2024 uh hold those thoughts at imsa radio if you want to get to us uh we oh i think we might chair have we still got a chance of getting peely i'll see about to jump in the car we will because he's going to take the car out and then bring it straight back in so we'll grab him when he comes back in <laughs> Okay, that sounds great. Thank you, Patrick Pelo about Pele, about to go out for Porsche. Uh, we've still got uh, five minutes of this early session for GTD only. Busy day today, plenty coming here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. We'll have the qualifying session for IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in vision for you. We'll have practice three in sound. We've got the Intermit 2 Master MX5 Cup coming today and tomorrow. And, of course, later on today, uh, we have 
Michelin Pilot Challenge, which ends off our very full Saturday. A little bit of a unintentional block there on Seb Prio by the Oops. number 91 of Alan Metney uh, coming through turn two into turn three and four. Prio now right with him. That's got to be slightly intimidating, Jeremy, when you see that uh, that particular uh, that particular livery from Roxy there with the big gaping uh, mouth with the teeth in it coming up behind you. Two Porsches now at the uh, the Oak Tree Benz. Yeah, is it, is it more teeth or, or slightly bigger teeth than than than, than, than Rexy, Rexy has? I think point. it's more teeth, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it certainly was. And Alan, he had a bit of a slide coming up through the through uh, coming out of turn five there as well. So that certainly will have got Seb's attention. I think Seb's lifted off here and given him given Alan Metney a little bit of space as he headed up up the hill there. But uh, yeah, it's it, it does look great, doesn't it? it the uh, the uh, AO Racing Porsche, uh, whether it's green or pink, it looks fantastic. Yeah, and they, we talked about this yesterday, people joining us all the time. It has become a fan favourite in the paddock, and particularly the family nature of the IMSA paddock. Uh, you've got children of all ages, and I still think of myself most times as having a, a childlike mentality. Um, it's it, just a bit of fun and uh, fair play to them if it's something that people see on the TV or on the World Feed stream and then decide they want to go to a racetrack and support it or buy a t-shirt um, or find out a bit more and then uh, more power to them. Chandler Hull getting some sticker tyres for Turner Motorsport as he goes out in the number 97 meantime. The Lamborghini Huracan of Loris Spinelli pushing pretty hard, heading up through the snake now, through the uphill S's. This is uh, 5B, 6A and B, and then the little run to turn 7, 8, A and B, turn 9, and then that very, very tricky turn 10 before you have to turn and break into turn 11 at the first part of the oak tree. Sheena Monk in fourth position, really getting the hang of this track. Barely half a second away from the fest, fastest time at the moment. That gradient racing Acura, after a couple of tough races where they've ground out results, does seem to have better pace today. And Sheena gathering confidence. I was talking to the team at the end of yesterday and first thing this morning, um, up through those climbing S's towards South Bend. That is very much a confidence area. And Sheena building her confidence through that. And mm. bringing the times very, down. Uh, very, very much so, John. And, and that, that last lap by Sheena was only about a tenth of a second slower than the best lap turn yesterday by Catherine Legg. So really good effort by Sheena this morning. Very strong indeed. And uh, that uh, lap by Sebastian Prior, by the way, when he came up behind Alan Metney, he'd just gone second fastest behind Aaron Tielitz. Uh, had uh, Prio at a, 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 a 145.935, and that was uh, significantly quicker than that car went yesterday. 146.5 the far, was the fastest time for the number 80 Porsche yesterday. So big improvements there this morning already for him. He's now come, brought that car into the pits and handed it over to the team principal there, PJ Hyatt. Here's, as you say, Aaron Tielitz out in front again, as he was for most of the session yesterday in GTD in that number 12 Sullivan Lexus. 145.657 is 
this morning for Aaron. Best time yesterday for that car for Aaron was 145.3. And as uh, PJ is in that car and he's just left the pit lane, that means that we can have a chat with the Channel Islander, Frank Gernseyman, at Seb Prio with uh, Shea Adam. Seb, you got out of the car and said, Roxy's driving a lot better today than she was yesterday. What is it about this dinosaur that just seems to favor the heat? I mean, yeah, today we uh, seem to be in a better place with the car, and uh, yesterday we were struggling a lot with the rear in the mid, car in the mid corner. So, uh, yeah, today's a lot better, and fresh tires for me this morning, and I uh, feel a bit more to come. Uh, we're still struggling with the front now, which is a positive thing because uh, we were struggling with the rear yesterday. But uh, she seems to like the heat today, so, uh, yeah, let's hope it's like this on race day. Do you guys make a lot of changes, or is it just the different temperature that's made the difference today? No, the boys here have done a great job. They worked a lot on the car last night, and um, yeah, we've made some good improvements. Uh, but the boys st stuff to improve on. You know, I'm not still not happy yet with where we're at. I want to keep going. So, uh, but we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Did you see any uh, different strategy coming into play with the race tomorrow? Maybe have you qualify the car again like you did at Laguna? Yeah, I mean, PJ uh, is going to be doing the qualifying t uh, today, but, um, you know, he's giving me a good car for the race tomorrow, and uh, we'll, we'll race hard and push as much as we can. But it's been a, it has been a tricky season just because, we've, you know, it's been hard to race, and, uh, but overall I've enjoyed it, and we're still pushing hard, so, yeah. You won Aaron Carrera Cup in uh, 2021. How similar do you drive the car that you did back then to this one now? The one thing I've noticed is a lot more sensitive, this car, to the Carrera Cup car, and you can't use the curbs as much as you like to. But um, I think that's just due, due to the aero and uh, all that stuff. So, but it's kind of the same, but in a way, it's quite a bit different too. So, but yeah, I love being back here. This place has been good to me in the past years, and yeah, excited to race. Any chance that you and PJ can paint your nails to match the nails on the side of the car? Uh, I mean, we could do. Uh, I mean, I, I like my nails being how they are, but I, I love, I love the Roxy. It's, it looks really great this weekend. Good luck, Sub. Cheers. Appreciate it. Thank you. Sebastian Prio, uh, a young man who I feel has a real future and he's only just at the beginning of his career. Hello to Andy and Joanne, parents of Sebastian, doing you credit as always. Well done you two on the job that you've done with, uh, with the children. And I know they'll be tuned in somewhere. <laughs> Does sound like his dad at times, doesn't he, Jeremy? Oh, yes, yeah, incredible really is. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's only three millennials, is that what they call people born in this millennium? I guess so, isn't it? Uh, in, in the race, surprisingly, uh, Seb being one of them, 22 years of age, uh, Kai Van Berlo is just uh, a couple of weeks older, also at uh, 22 years of age. And the only other one is Roman DeAngelis, who is actually the youngest driver in the field. He was born in February 2001. So again, 22-year-old. Three 22-year-olds in the race. Everybody else is, was born well, in the last century, if we're talking about dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, Madison Snow uh, went to, to the second fastest time just a few moments ago, and he's eclipsed that and gone quickest by quite a long way uh, in that number one Paul Miller racing BMW. What a season they are having. I mean, that car, they've blown away the uh, tournaments, what BMW is, to be perfectly honest this season, which is surprising to see the gap that they've had. Um, and uh, 144.907, that is uh, by more than two tenths of a second, the fastest time we've seen so far this week. Quickest time yesterday was back was by Ben Barnicott at the end of the day in the pro number 14 Lexus, 145.2. So 44.9, that's, uh, that's not hanging around. Still, however, uh, a full second away from the GTD Pro pole winning time from last year 
and 1.6 seconds away from the best uh, GTD pole record time by Ross Gunn back in 2021. Uh, forgot to mention, actually, um, whilst we talked to Sebastian Prio, it's his grandfather's birthday, I think, I think it's today, actually, Graham. Uh, one of uh, four generations of Prio racers. Um, Sebastian's great-grandfather, grandfather, his dad and himself, of course. Uh, so celebrations in the uh, Prio family. Uh, would be added to immeasurably for the decent result for PJ and Sebastian this weekend. Much of it in hill climbing. Oh yeah, I, I ju just a family that uh, I mean, Seb's dad Andy uh, was a very good hill climber as well. I remember when he made his his debut in uh, a British Touring Car Championship. Yeah. Um, I was there that weekend, and uh, he, he jumped in. I think it was a Vauxhall that he jumped into. Alton Park, I seem to remember, to fill in for somebody and did extremely well. Not the, not for Andy at least, the traditional way of coming through um, karting and uh, junior formula, but used to handling extremely powerful cars with, with no run-up and no run-off and, uh, and no worries about track limits when you're hill climbing, Jeremy. It's uh, either uh, you stay on the track or you uh, bend your car. Yeah, you hit something solid. Uh, and then, of course, he, he did the uh, the Renault uh, Spider Cup, he did. didn't he? Which uh, which is where he started. Out. Didn't he win? He won every single race, I think, didn't he? Yeah, he that followed. Was his, that on. was his first time into into uh, circuit racing. He followed on from Jason Plato, who did the same thing. Yeah. The I'm doing all this from memory, by the way, but we were doing the uh, the radio for British Touring Cars in, in those days, um, and that led to Prio getting a drive, uh, to Plato getting a drive, and, and then also to uh, slightly less directly in fairness to, to Andy Prio getting a drive as well and uh, just great talent uh, in the family and lovely lovely people as well the Prios from the the Channel Islands closer to France than they are to the UK but still uh, very uh, firmly keeping their own identities there and uh, never sees from Jersey by the way it's a mistake you'll only make once <laughs> He's in Guernsey, but <laughs> I'm very proud of that indeed. All right, we have uh, allowed the GTD pros out just about five minutes ago. Starting to see some times come in for them. Patrick Peely, as we heard, was going to take out the Faf Motorsport Porsche for a couple of three laps and then come back in and he'll have a chat with us then. Uh, it is Ben Barnicott in the number 14. Sealmaster Lexa. Lexus, the Vassar Sullivan car with the red number panels on the side red uh, door mirrors and wing end plates and a spin for the number 77 Porsche of Alan Brunjolfsson and he's managed to get it pointing in the right direction coming out of turn four grass is dry, dry enough there that he can drive down it is a slightly downhill off the edge of the track there and if the, the grass is wet it's actually extremely difficult to get back on the track there you get downhill and you can't get back up again. But no harm, no foul. It will have uh, widened Alan's eyes just a, a wee bit. Uh, other GT Pro drivers out there, Ben Barnegat and Patrick Peeler. We mentioned Jordan Taylor for Corvette. Uh, he is heading prototype racing next year for the family team, GTP with the Acuras. Uh, Daniel Hunkadea has taken the WeatherTech 
uh, racing Mercedes back out. That was the one that was uh, uh, lightly broiled yesterday. And Alex Riveras for Heart of Racing just out of the pits in the Aston Martin. Uh, an hour and 23 minutes to go, of which, of course, the last 15 minutes, one five, 15 minutes, will be just the five pro cars. And that I'm going to be quite interested in. Shea Adam in the pit lane, Jeremy Shaw and John Hindorf in the booth. Good to have your company at IMSA Radio. If you want to get in touch wherever you are around the world, almost perfect uh, conditions. A little tiny bit of high clouds, but already air temperature up to 30 Celsius. That's 86 Fahrenheit. Track temperature is 31.88 Fahrenheit. And at the moment, we have 17 of the 19 cars out on the circuit, Jeremy. So people are taking the opportunity to do some running. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you're getting plenty of laps in, as they did uh, yesterday as well. I think everybody completed a minimum yesterday of 31 laps, I think was the, the least completed by anybody yesterday. And that was the, the Corvette of uh, Antonio Garcia and Jordan Taylor. But uh, yeah, it was a good productive session, I think, yesterday for everybody. And it uh, looks like pretty much the same again today. It's uh, certainly seen some good lap times already. That was a great, great lap by, by Madison Snow there, really laying it down in that number one uh, Paul Miller Racing BMW. Up into second position now goes Michael Grenier in the team caught off Motorsports Mercedes, kind of a 32. They've had a, kind of an up and down season, but certainly had some good, strong results in qualifying the last uh, several races. Also had a, a, a podium finish as well uh, at... Um, Canadian Time Motorsport Park, I guess that was, wasn't it? Uh, for that, for them, as well as, the, as, as well as the project they had last time out at Road America. So it's been a good uh, last few weeks for that number 32 team and looking to have another one here today. The Mercedes, as we talked about yesterday, got a little bit of a, a, a bounce performance break again for this race. Got a uh, slightly uh, more power than they had uh, previously in that uh, big old V8 in the front of that AMG GT3 car. Um, they've got uh, an extra half a millimetre on the restrictor size, the air restrictor size, so allows more air into the engine. More air equals more power, basically. Uh, and it's, uh, it's supposed to, in a region of 5.3 kilowatts, which I think is about 7.5, 8, 8 horsepower extra than they had previously. Uh, as a result of that, also... As part of that balance performance change for this weekend, they've actually had, had to add a little bit of weight as well. So they're, and they're 15 kilos heavier than they were before. It was already the heaviest GT3 car in the field, but uh, that extra power should give it plenty of grunt on the straights. So it's going be interesting to see how that uh, pans out this weekend. Also, uh, for the third time in not too recent past, Porsche has got a bit of help this weekend as well. A two millimeter larger restrictor well, for the uh, Porsche. Uh, and that should be worth uh, you know, about four kilowatts of power uh, and a ditto, an extra 10 kilograms of weight. Let's uh, ask Patrick Pilo. He promised that he would come and chat with us when he'd done the uh, installation laps on the Faf Porsche. It's in the pit lane at the moment. No, it's not, actually, because Klaus Backler has just taken it out. But uh, true to his word, Patrick Pilo is uh, standing by to talk to Sher Adam. Don't you love it when drivers do what they promise? Um, Patrick, you have to be so happy to be back here at VIR, a place that you've won at twice before. Some of the best trophies year-round come from this place, and FAF, the defending race winner, everything feels like it's falling into line a little 
bit from this team. Does it feel that way for you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you say, I love this track. It's an amazing place, and uh, we have a lot of success in the past also for the team. Um, yeah, yesterday was quite slippery conditions, uh, but it seems that we are back in the game. Uh, we get some adjustments that help us. Uh, we've seen quality because you cannot really have an idea, a clear idea of the others in, the, in practice, but uh, we are pretty happy about how we developed during the session. Car uh, was pretty difficult at the beginning, but we finished with a, with a decent setup. And uh, yeah, I hope we can fight uh, on the pure pace. That's the main thing because uh, not gambling always on, on strategy and trying to, to, to be smart. Uh, it would be good just to, to start in front and, and get a good, uh, good pace. Yeah, I mean, you've got one of the best crews in the business as far as the strategy is concerned. They've put you in positions to be further up the field already this year. But do you feel a difference with the restrictor change? Do you feel more power going down Madison Avenue, for example? Uh, honestly, in the car, you feel nothing. Uh, because it's not, a, it's not, even if it looks big on paper, uh, it's not a big change in terms of power. Uh, but it's going in the right direction. Um, as we can see yesterday when we follow the cars, it was, it was better. We're still not the quickest, but at least we, we're not losing a lot. And the problem was like in Road America, every time you're in traffic and we don't accelerate like the others, uh, we lose position every time there is a restart, uh, there is a traffic with prototype or so on. Uh, so that was the main, main issue we have. So we get a bit more weight, but we get a bigger restrictor. So compensate a bit the lack of acceleration we have. Uh, we're still not the quickest, but it's in the right way, yeah. As far as the championship is concerned, that looks like it's a little too far out of reach. So the goal has to be to just go out and get race wins at this point, yes? Yeah, we take every race uh, one after one. Um, I mean, championship, is, uh, it was decided a, a long time ago. I, I think if the Lexus have no issues, they, they did a really good job. And they have everything to success, let's say. Uh, so we just focus on ourselves, uh, try to, to get all the victories until the end of the season. And yeah, the goal, the goal is to be the best of, of the others. Uh, it's going to be tricky because the competition is really high. Um, but yeah, we, we never give up. We always try to improve. We always try to also understand this car, which is quite different to the car in the, in the past seasons. Um, but yeah, there is there is some potential, and uh, we have to adapt also our driving style. That's quite different than than the past cars. But yeah, we we're going in the right direction, so I'm pretty optimistic for this weekend. Well, and hey, we got the news yesterday that another Frenchman joining you for Petit Le Mans with Kevin Estra in the car. He needs to win the race for the first time. You've already won that one a couple of times, and you and Klaus getting the win at Sebring. So there are still some some big boosts out there to go and get. Yeah, I mean. We have a really good group of, of three drivers at the beginning with Lawrence, but I'm happy for him that he get the opportunity to drive the Penske car. Um, and yeah, I'm super happy to have Kevin on board. He's a nice guy, super quick, and uh, always with a great, great attitude and easy to work with. Uh, and he's also a big fighter, and uh, we will we will get some fights on the, at Petit to to get a good result. So yeah, pretty pretty looking forward for this one. Thank you for the chat, Patrick. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Yeah, if you missed that news uh, earlier on this week, Lawrence Vanter, who would have been with that squad at Motil Petit Le Mans, drafted into the GTP, the Porsche 963 squad. And uh, 
therefore a spare seat now obviously I was busy so they couldn't have me and therefore the Kevin Estra is subbing for me no that's not true you know that um, uh, <laughs> um, I'm fairly certain that uh, that is a sensible hire from a man who knows Porsche's inside out and he'll fit straight into that particular scene so uh, that uh, among a raft of news that also saw Jensen Button being drafted into a Porsche GTP he's going to be in the JDC Miller the bright yellow machine and former Formula One world champion and as, as we were saying yesterday but wait there's more if you order your Porsche drivers right now not only will you get uh, French champion Kevin Estra uh, world champion Jensen Button but we'll throw in uh, twice a double IndyCar champion and the reigning Indy 500 champion yes Joseph Newgarden is your free gift and He'll be also in one of the Penske cars. Uh, Motul Patilaban will have that one for you with extended coverage all the way uh, from Wednesday of race week and some additional programming uh, as well with uh, Midwick Motorsport that week coming from the uh, Porsche headquarters at Atlanta uh, on Wednesday. There's an awful lot going on. Uh, at the end of the week and between now and then of course we've got the first ever IMSA battle on the bricks as IMSA heads to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Oops. more on that in a moment the uh, number 92 Porsche has gone off at Oak Tree that's driven by Alec Udell and that might bring out a, a red flag actually it's one of the Kelly Moss with Riley cars Alan Metney the other one they're running separate liveries uh, this is the bright red white and pink car and actually Alec has done a very good job I suspect he's gone in there mostly sideways and well done to race control as well just give Alec there Jeremy the opportunity to extricate himself and Alec is staying way off the track at the exit of the track that is really really considerate driving because he's not put all the crud onto the exit of the oak tree there um, he's back onto the racing surface now and his left hand dormer has folded in but uh, good good recovery from Udell sensible even though he's had enough uh, and nice patience from race control as well yeah, good, good, good work all around there. And uh, yeah, Alec, he's a he's a really talented young man. Uh, is this guy? He's struggling a bit. This, this it seems this weekend so far. That car was at the bottom of the charts yesterday. Is again this morning as well. Uh, David Bruley drove most of the session earlier earlier on. I think um, Alec's not been at the wheel. I think he's done very many laps this morning. But uh, uncharacteristic mistake from there. But as you say, heads up driving to uh, keep out of the way of, of uh, everybody else. Just back on subject, Kevin Estra. Uh, he's, a, you know, he's been an irregular in the past in this championship, but has had a second-place finish at Petit Le Mans a couple of years ago. So he knows his way around there. Also had a third at Long Beach uh, quite a few years ago. So we're no stranger to the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. As you suggest, John, a very, very talented uh, driver. Oh, yeah. Very good. Very good indeed. Car comes back into the pit lane, and Shea Adam has beaten Alec Yadel to his pit. <laughs> Well, it was a lot easier for me. I was a lot closer, in fairness. Uh, 3.27.
miles, and he was on the exact opposite end of the track. There is some scuffage to the left front of this car. It's actually cracked the bumper, so that will require a new one. They are checking the braces to make sure that uh, they don't come loose. Just watch out, Blair, because uh, the 91's about to launch out of its box. Um, but we do have cracked uh, bumper, cracked panel over top of the wheel. No food for any llamas. He brought back no grass, so that's good at least. No overheating. And other than that, you mentioned the door mirror. It's just completely folded back in. It should pop back out. Shouldn't even need a new door. So as far as it goes, Alec Udell got away with one. Uh, it looked like the... I'll say the bonnet, the, the opening piece at the front that is the um, luggage compartment on the 911. It looked like that wasn't quite fitting. I'm not sure whether that was the bonnet itself or whether that left front wing was slightly deranged. We've seen a, a couple of 911s here where that front wing, after a little hit, uh, has come disconnected. And particularly, I think, Lime Rock Park, we had a couple, didn't we? It it was at Lime Rock. It was the right front, um, and that was without hits. It was the latch breaking loose on three of the four Porsches that were running that day in the race. Um, that has not actually moved on this one. It's still settled in place, but I think it was just where the pressure had been applied to the left front of the car, even further over toward the center than the headlight is. That sort of pushed the bonnet into a weird position, but they do have the Bondo tape. They got the 100-mile-an-hour tape ready to go, so they can secure the bonnet back down. They're just trying to make that the clasps holding on that uh, wing, as you put it, and the front bumper area will not come loose because, of course, when the hood would be taped to that, well, then all the pieces would fly up in the air, and that would be quite ineffective. Uh, yes, that's not exactly what you want. Shea Adam down there in the pit lane. It's John Hindorf and Jeremy Shaw in the booth. Pit lane speed violation warning for Alan Jolson for Wright Motorsport in his Porsche uh, 911 uh, R GT3 R on the track at the moment and got the all of the back straight to himself pretty much the number three Corvette uh, and that is Jordan Taylor sits third in GTD Ford Brian Sellers at the top with that time from earlier uh, a 144.9 144 flat Caught off and Mike Skeen in second behind the wheel at the moment. It's WeatherTech in third, like a Phoenix. Get that in now. Uh, with the number 97, that's the best of the GTD Pro car. Uh, very decent time earlier on, and we were talking about Sheena Monk uh, in the number 66 car. Uh, she was uh, sitting well up the timing. People have improved since then and pushed Gradient down to 10th in the GTD. Catherine Legg is out in that car. Let's have a word with Ed now and see how that confidence is coming along. Shea Adam has walked back to the Gradient Racing pit box. Well, Sheena, yesterday they left you and Catherine out on one set of tyres for the entirety of the practice session this morning. Sent you out on stickers and all of a sudden you're up at the top of the charts. Does that boost your confidence back up? Yeah, quite a bit. You know, I um, felt like yesterday didn't represent our pace very well. Um, so today we were able to get a chance at showing that. Today I did a mock quali um, to start the session off, and they refueled when I came in, put Catherine in. So I think today's maybe a little more indicative where we're at. Car's really good here. The team's done a great job setting it up and adjusting some changes to, you know, what, what we're asking and what our feedback has been. But also I'm just, you know, I, I like this track quite a bit. For some reason I'm just super comfortable here. So. You know, hopefully this is the recipe we need to uh, get the elusive podium we've been in, you know, we've been so desperately trying to get.
Well, and as far as the running was yesterday, it's more valuable for you to get a mock quali run in the same day of quali or to do it in similar conditions. You know, that's debatable for me. I was a little disappointed yesterday that I didn't get it at the end of the session yesterday just because I was thinking that maybe the conditions late late yesterday were more similar to what they're going to be for qualifying today. Um, but, you know, that's kind of a toss-up, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure what the right answer is, but I guess we'll find out later today. Yeah, fingers crossed for qualifying. Looking forward, you talked about that elusive podium. Petit Le Mans, that's what Gradient won last year. You've got Mark Miller, assuming you've got Mark Miller in the car with you. 2016 Petit Le Mans winner. You've got Kat once again. She's been on the podium there. Is that the spot that you've kind of got circled to think, hey, this could be it? I mean, I'm trying to think that every race we show up to, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to just keep pushing myself a little bit further, a little bit further every race. And I think, you know, that the, the pace is coming. Um, and I'm just trying to do that in a way that I don't lose my confidence at the same time. So, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to do the right thing and um, be honed in on learning the car and, and learning how to read the data and get closer to Cat every race. Um, so, you know, I, I, I keep my fingers crossed and we're working towards it, you know, hopefully this weekend. But, yeah, I mean, I know the team has been strong at Petit Le Mans, and, um, you know, we do, we're going to have Mark again in the car. So, um, you know, I'm not sure when it's going to come, but we're, we're, working at, we're working at it, and we're just going to keep chipping away. It will come. Good luck this weekend. Thanks so much. I, I do think that there's, there's definite promise there, Jeremy. Um, and in fairness, there's no better person than Catherine Legg to be alongside, not just for her pace, but for her experience and an ability to, to be able to mentor someone um, like Sheena, uh, Sheena who's coming through. And uh, we talked about this yesterday, about how Sheena has, has stepped up this year. And it is a big step up from GT. GT4 to GT3 doesn't sound that much but the whole level of competition the amount of cars out on the circuit the fact that in a lot of races you've got the gtp cars pounding past you as well it, it it would be easy to underestimate any driver making that step very much so and uh, yeah i mean she doesn't have a lot of experience in any case Gina. so she's done a really really good job this uh, this season i would say i would say uh, you know qualifying you know, regularly around about the top 10 uh, in the starter field as this year, that's that's no mean feat. You know, that take that for granted. And as you say, this morning that was a really good lap from her. You know, just within a tenth of uh, uh, Catherine's best yesterday. Yes, fresh tyres, sure, but uh, still, that's uh, a really really good lap for her. And good to good to hear that her confidence is high and also that she enjoys this racetrack because this is a really challenging racetrack. So to be comfortable around here, even of itself, is a really good sign. Yeah. Great. A couple of changes in the in the times. We had Mike Skeen was in second position, just a, just over a tenth of a second. Excuse me, it was Michael Grenier who set that time in the Courthoff Mercedes. Just up into second place uh, a couple of laps ago, there was Jordan Taylor in that Corvette car number three, at 145.025 for Jordan. So just about a tenth behind that set time set earlier by Manderson Snow in the BMW. Yeah. So GTD, GTD Pro, GTD, then two GTD Pros with WeatherTech and FAF following up. Still just over the hour to go in great conditions. The track temperature's just eased up a tiny bit now. Uh, 90 Fahrenheit, just over 32 Celsius at the moment. 
for the Michelin tyres having to work reasonably hard. But that's uh, it's not. We've seen we've seen much higher than that, getting up towards 50 Celsius at yeah. times, well into triple figures. And uh, it is fairly early. Sun is out. I suspect by the time we get to qualifying. Uh, later on this afternoon at VIR, Jeremy, if we've had the sun on the track all the time, that temperature will be a good maybe 10 degrees higher than that. Yeah, for uh, most of the track, apart from where the, uh, there's some e extra paving through some of the corners here, it's a fairly light grey uh, asphalt yeah. here at VIR. And uh, interesting to see the, the track temperature is, is barely higher than the air temperature which is uh, sort of unusual. Generally speaking, the track temperature is a good bit higher than the, than the ambient, but uh, not the case here. Um, but uh, it's certainly going to take uh, quite a bit out of these Michelin tyres. They, they're getting a workout around here, no doubt about it, as are the drivers, because, yes, these cars do have aircon air systems in them these days, which is a lot more comfortable than it was in the past, but still it's, uh, it's a workout around here. Big slide from the Vassar Sullivan number 14. Pro car that's in the hands of Ben Barnegat strangely off the pace at the moment by that I mean 1.3 seconds away from the best time 1.2 away from the class at best time and that remember on quite a long circuit here and on a over 100 second margin uh, over one second lap time so we are talking barely 1% in time uh, but that said, we don't expect to see that car that far down, Jeremy. We don't, but, but I'm sure they're, they're on a plan here. I, I would imagine they're running a, a fairly high fuel load. Ben Barnicott uh, uh, has not yet been in the pits. He's done 15 laps uh, and hasn't yet made a pit stop. He's been out there the whole time, so doing a longer run here and, and probably not on fresh tyres either. So you're getting a good indication, I think, for what the car is like to handle like during the race tomorrow so if this is his race pace i say that's pretty darn good in gtd just checking through the times to see who might be out of position oh, not really I, I have a suspicion that the gradient accurate may have gone back under all the tires catherine leg just getting some well uh laps in now yeah, and Sheena did say they, they filled it up with fuel, didn't she? So, uh, she uh, did, good point. She, she's, yes, she's running well a, a good long run as, as well here is Catherine. Uh, and oh, Ben, finally, is that, that's, yeah, that's Ben Barnick in the pits now. So he's just he's done completed uh, 16 laps. And uh, he was the that's the only car that has not, uh, prior to now, made a pit stop during this session. And we're, what, 45 minutes into it or half an hour for the GTD Pro cars, because, of course, the first 50 of it was just GTDs. But Ben Barnica, he was out there for half an hour uh, uh, before he comes in to uh, make this first stop of the day and do a few changes and maybe think about fresh tyres. Uh, his eyes will be lighting up if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, and uh, that will come through to the studio here number of you have done that already thank you for the very kind words and it is truly global let us know where you're listening from we've got the qualifying session coming up live in sound of vision if you go to imsaradio.com and you go to the top left hand side you'll see a little uh, a little hamburger a little three bars there on the top left click that and hit live video and uh, when we get to qualifying, you'll be able to follow along there. No blocks, no breaks. 
no subscriptions just under an hour still to go for the GTD pros 45 minutes of course for the arms out on circuit at the moment uh, Alan Mechney goes through to the horseshoe at turn one heading up through the kink at turn two to NASCAR Benz turn three tricky one easy to attack that one too hard looks like there's a bit of decent runoff on the outside and there is but overcook it there and you're on a one-way trip to the tyre wall usually gets through four and five a little bit of a slide maybe took a tiny bit too much curb on the right hand side there as he came through 5a into 5b under the bridge now heading up towards turn seven and the upper s's if you will all about the rhythm the very brave in qualifying if they fail the car is perfectly set will be trying to get through there as close to flat as possible or to just either breathe off the throttle or maybe use a little bit of left foot just to balance the car on the brake rather than coming off the throttle and going back on which tends to unsettle the car. Alan now on the back straight, Madison Avenue down mm. towards the top of the roller coaster. Love this circuit, love this circuit. There is literally something for everybody. Yeah, and uh, two personal best sectors for Alan Metney on this lap. He just he just uh, set his best time last time around uh, as well. So uh, maybe I don't know whether he's doing a quality sim right now, but he's certainly showing some some pretty good pace. He's currently in the 17th position overall, 12th in GTD as he comes up uh, to uh, go past the pit lane and let's see what the lap time is as he flashed across uh, the line. There he he does there. improve a yeah. long, long way up to ninth position overall for Alan Metney. So that's an improvement, a better part of a second for Alan Metney. 145.873 for him. And moments before that, while I was speaking, Patrick Gallagher, uh, just to put it a lie to what I was saying earlier on about Turner, B Turner Motorsport not being able to match Paul Miller Racing this season. Well, Patrick Gallagher clearly took exception to that. Good for him because he's gone fastest of all by almost two tenths of a second. 144.711 for that number 96 Turner Motorsport BMW, that very distinctive yellow and blue colours and a really good job there for Patrick. That again is a new best lap of the week so far. I really like these GT events, Mission GT Challenge this weekend at VIR. We get to see, clearly, we get to see a lot more of the GT cars. And what it does allow us to do is just take a little more time, Jeremy, and look in a little more detail at the, uh, just the body language of these cars and how they are set up. And just looking at the, the, the top end of the racetrack there, that number 96, Patrick Gallagher driven Turner Motorsport, and he was quick yesterday, let's not forget. Pat was really dialed in to the car. That car looked absolutely planted through those fast sweepers and the change of direction. And he's confident enough to ride the curbs, which is not always the case around here there's some that you can use some that you might use and some that you don't use but he was really leaning on that car that last line, lap around you you'll be looking at his splits i'm sure as he comes across the line now 145.2 so um was his last lap 144.7 the previous lap quite unusual here that the start finish line is not um in the part of the track where the pit lane is. It's actually beyond the end of the pit lane, which is uh, is quite interesting and something that you need to remember if you're on the timing, on the Alcamel timing, If once we get into the race and there's pit stops particularly, 
Uh, it can just be a little bit of a curveball. There are other tracks that we go to where that happens. Um, obviously, Detroit this year was a bit different because that had a split pit lane and that was well away from where the front straight was. And we have a start and a finish line in different places at Mid-Ohio, which is back on the calendar for next year. But the finish line is, the timing line is at least in the middle of the pit straight. But here, yeah, it is just beyond the end of the pit lane. And for uh, for Road America, for, for practice and qualifying, they generally use a slightly different timing line there as well. Yeah, but uh, for the races, they, they use the start-finish line, which is in the middle of the pits complex. Um, also, this is going faster here. No, nobody else at the moment. Uh, Aaron Yolson is still uh, propping up the field at the moment in number 77 Wright Motorsports Porsche. 146.9. He's just turned his best lap of the session on his 23rd lap. He's the only guy that's done more laps during this during this session is uh, Alan Metney, or that car at least, number 91 car. Uh, he's finally given up the seat and Kai Van Berlo has just taken the number 91 car. This is the number 91 car for Kelly Moss with Riley out on the red track inside the top 10 after that really, really good run a couple of minutes ago from Alan Metney. Jordan Taylor still fastest of GTD Pro, third quickest overall to BMW is ahead of him. Patrick Gallagher, 144.711. Madison Snow at 144.907. 145.0 for Jordan Taylor. So 53 minutes for the pros. Take 15 minutes off that for the GTD cars. Looking forward to another cracking qualifying this afternoon. Just the two free practice sessions. One yesterday and one today and then into qualifying later on this afternoon before our Saturday main, which is the Mission and Pilot Challenge. Qualifying for that yesterday evening, and that was impressive as well. Thoroughly enjoyed that. Let's go back down to uh, Shea Adam in the pit lane. Temperature holding steady, Shea, to pleasant 88 Fahrenheit it's not getting any hotter which is the good news but it's not getting any cooler either um it's quite warm down here yeah you mentioned qualifying and I mentioned to Ross Gunn earlier that his lap record holds steady in GS and he was very happy about that so still today he is the lap record holder in three different categories hey Aaron how are you uh Aaron Tielitz is just walking by me I'm gonna grab you since you were here um welcome back to VIR this place has been a happy hunting ground for you in the past you've made it to the podium and gotten the cool Michelin man the bronze one though what's it gonna take to get the gold one yeah everyone wants to get the gold Michelin man here that's the one that looks the coolest that's one we're all shooting for um it's gonna it's gonna take a great strategy good qualifying and then with no other cars here just GT cars you've got to make sure that you're executing these pit stops making sure you're in track position all the time because there's not going to be traffic that's going to mess up the race well in yellows too I mean this is a place traditionally it's got five yellows in a race that, that's not a lot but we've gone all green in races before so how much does that change the strategy when you can't depend on maybe a well-timed caution yeah exactly you got you got to depend more on your fast pit stops and good strategy and having a fast race car Lexus RCF GT3 cars running well here Bastard Sullivan teams on it. Uh, both the 14 car and the 12 car have looked fast in practice, so we'll, we'll see what we got later today. Do you think Frankie's got another pole in him? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I'd like, I like to think so. I mean, he hasn't had one yet this 
year, so I think it's uh, ripe for the picking. Yeah, it's about time. Thanks, Aaron. Good luck. Thank you. More pictures surfacing this week of the uh, new Lexus, uh, which we expect oh, yeah? to see. Uh, sometime possibly in 24 but certainly in 2025 uh, which raises the question might we see RCFs in the FIA World Endurance Championship next year um, it was certainly being talked about as the group are keen to get to Le Mans next year when GT3s will be the uh, GT category at Le Mans that uh, new coupe, just uh, uh, Lexus and Toyota, just taking uh, Toyota Gazoo Racing, taking a little bit more time than uh, perhaps they'd expected to get that car where they wanted it. But uh, more testing pictures. They were out at uh, Fuji and a couple of other places. Saw some video from Fuji a couple of months ago and then some more pictures. Still in camouflage, I've got to say, so pretty difficult to really have a look at any of the details but it, it's a front-engined GT car with uh, very noticeable um, sort of Toyota Supra style um, styling cues so a, a long bonnet and a, a relatively short cabin with a, a short rear end and hangover overhang excuse me and uh, that's as we say we may see that a little more about that next year the car um, making its racing debut or full-time racing debris at least not until 2025 but next year we've got plenty to get excited about here in IMSA GT racing new Corvette the first purpose-built GT3 of course we've got the new Ford Mustang GT3 as well Ford Mustang uh, championship as well for next year with the Dark Horse R uh, coming to play. Those cars in development and build at the moment and the first round of that will be at, uh, I think it's at Mid-Ohio, isn't it, uh, next year, quite late into the season to allow the, the customers all to get their cars and have a chance to do a wee bit of testing. And uh, if, again... Go and search, use your favourite search engine. Some great video of that car uh, at Road Atlanta. Not just looking great, but sounding great as well. Uh, and welcome back to racing for Jay Ward as well, who's been part of the Ford family for a very long time. Going to be uh, joining the communications team for Ford Motorsport Worldwide. Uh, and staying with the Blue Oval, but getting back in the paddock. I've known Jay for a, uh, a very long time, and good to have him back in racing. That news just breaking, uh, I think, yesterday. Uh, literally describing that as his dream job. And uh, he'll be a fine addition to the paddocks around the world. GT racing in WAC and IMSA next year for Ford, and that new Mustang Dark Horse R. So plenty to get excited about, but as I said earlier, we're not wishing away this season. Number 79 out on track is Gilles Gounon for WeatherTech Racing. Coming across the line now to complete another lap. That's distinct. 
engine noise. Yeah, John, that's that's another car that's only done one pit stop during this session so far. Uh, Jules has turned 22 laps, so um, you know, he's been uh, yeah, pretty busy since he went out onto the racetrack. Um, because, of course, that, as a GTD Pro entry wasn't out for the first 15 yes. minutes, and we're now almost an hour into the session, so 45 minutes, just over 45 minutes remaining in this uh, total of uh, hour and a half session. The final 15 minutes will be for the GTD car, GTD Pro cars only. We can expect to see some, some uh, qualifying sims then. I think I think we uh, would likely go faster than we have already, but it's a really good lap by Patrick Gallagher. Quicker top of the day so far, quickest, quicker by half a second uh, than he managed yesterday to be quicker to the non-pro cars yesterday, Patrick Gallagher. 145.2 he turned yesterday. 144.711 is the fastest time that he has set the Ohioan this morning. Here, uh, following IMSA at IMSA Radio, I'll just put the link up for the, uh, the story on Sports Car 365 for that uh, Toyota Lexus GT3 car. Uh, John DeGeese and the rest of his team working well. Roxy is grass cutting at the moment. The number 80 PJ Hyatt driving AO racing car. Um, I I wasn't sure that a T-Rex was a herbivore, to be honest. But uh, coming down the back straight, was that? Yes, it was coming into, actually coming uh, up the upper S's uh, and effectively shortcutted South Bend out on the outside of South Bend and rejoined uh, at the Oak Tree. We'll be calling in to see Shea Adam shortly. Uh, yeah, ha hasn't picked up as much grass uh, no. as I would have thought it no. by the looks of it, surprisingly. They've obviously been out there with the mowers. Uh, the problem is they don't need a, a, a Porsche mower as well. <laughs> that part of this uh, fabulous facility. Yeah, improvement I, there for Michel Goitberg, by the way. We we're just mm -hmm. watching the uh, Forte Racing Power by Use Restaurants Lamborghini. Michel has just gone up to the fifth fastest overall time, fourth in GTD, with a 145.523. And he has just been eclipsed by Russell Ward in the Woodward Racing Mercedes, a 145.0. Big, big gap there, all of a sudden, between fifth and sixth. The top uh, five covered by less than four tenths of a second and a gap of uh, um, about, the, about the same back to Michel Goldberg in six but Russell Wood a good improvement there in that number 57 Mercedes. Well Jeremy oh, I'll come back to that in a moment. Spin coming out of the oak tree corners as there are two of them for that uh, number 78 Arrow sponsored black and green Lamborghini and that's Misha Goigberg for the Forte, powered by USRT. Urakan. Has he got that restarted? Yes, he has. He's got on the power, I think, a little bit too early, coming out of the second of the two uh, right-handers. Um, Jeremy Shear, uh, Shear, Jeremy said that there wasn't much uh, uh, on in terms of uh, in terms of grass in the uh, in the grills Misha just uh, getting onto the outside curb actually in the middle of the two parts of the oak tree not very much as far as grass for Roxy and the air or Porsche um, certainly we couldn't have given any animal a, a meal out of that what was your uh, what was your assessment as it came back in the pit lane a moment or two ago 
My soccer cleats picked up more grass than this. Uh, <laughs> it was very, very light and would not feed any animals as PJ Hyatt had the uh, blowers going to make sure that there was no grass anywhere left in the car. And now the team brings a broom out. I don't think they even need a broom to try and get the remains off of the pit lane and out of the pit box. Very fortunate for PJ Hyatt. We've had a few incidents, uh, quite a few incidents in the last couple of days. Um, it goes back to what I said about the design of this circuit, and we've, we've mentioned this in past years here, Jeremy, that there are consequences here for falling off the track in terms of your time. Um, and there are places where you can have big accidents here, don't get me wrong. But a, a small mistake, uh, track limit style mistake, I'll use that in very much in... In, in quotation marks will cost you some time you might have a spin but there are a lot of big wide open spaces of grass where you can get the car back under control and get back to the track um, we never talk about uh, track limits here because there's no point in doing it true that um, I mean the the, uh, the one the one part of the racetrack where you want to be a little bit careful um, when you if you are running off wide is is the extra boat tree because just before the the uh, North Paddock Pits, South Paddock Pits, I can't remember which way around the South, track is now. Yeah, South Paddock, South yeah. Paddock Pits, yeah. Th there's a bit of a drop off there at the end of the asphalt there as uh, Roxy is coming through there now uh, onto the dirt. Uh, but many other corners you run wide, you're going to be on the grass as as uh, the uh, Porsche was there a few moments ago. And Hogpen, the final corner, that's another corner where if you run off wide there, you're going to be on the grass for quite a long time. Uh, and ditto at turn one as well. All these corners where they're sort of slightly decreasing radius going into them, you're, you're, you're braking and turning while the track is, is, is turning as well. And they're, they're really quite difficult. And it's very easy when you do run off a little bit wide there to be on the grass for quite a long time thereafter. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's not the worst thing, uh, in fairness, um, if it's dry. Uh, like this. Uh, Trent Hinman's just gone out in the number 77 right motorsports, the Vault uh, bright yellow Porsche. That means Alan Metney has uh, ceased his driving uh, duties for the moment. That's good for us because we can talk to him. At least shape Adam Cat down in the pits. Yeah, and I wanted to talk to Alan because he's another one of these guys. You've won in the Carrera Cup North America here at this track. How different is it though in a GT3 car? It is, uh, it is different. It is better. It's a hell of a lot of fun. More grip everywhere. Um, it's really an awesome car for this track. You've got Andrew Davis giving you tips and hints. He's got so much experience around here in a GT3 car. Does that help make it less intimidating coming here for the first time? Yeah, it definitely does. Andrew and I have been working together for probably five years, four years. And my entire progression through this, he's helped me at each step with what's appropriate at each time. I don't know... Um, I don't know how some people do it without coaching like that, but yeah, I tell you what, all thanks, Andrew Davis coaching. <laughs> there we go. You'll write him the check later, uh, Andrew. But we've got this weekend, you guys got the win already this week at, this year at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. VIR is a very different track. How do you expect the Kelly Moss with Riley team to give you as good of a car there as they give you here? You know, uh, Kelly Moss and Riley are consummate professionals, and they uh, – they know this track very well. They know this car now, deep into the season. And uh, I think that we're going to show very well here, going to be very strong here. Good luck, Alan. Thank you. Team who have uh, expanded massively this year, Kelly Moss Racing. 
Andy and Victoria working hard behind the scenes, still running their Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup at North America squad and moving into WeatherTech as well with two cars. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive. And as Alan Brynjolfsson rightly said, really pushing hard uh, this year trying to make sure that it uh, all does what it's meant to do two BMWs on top from a Corvette Corvette being the best of the GTD Pros no, there's no difference in the performance potential from GTD Pro to GTD Am a BMW in the GTDs has the same BOP, the same performance potential as a GTD Pro car. So the two BMWs at the moment are both GTDs, 96 from one. Still that two tenths of a second gap. And the whole field within two seconds. I mean, let's point that out straight away. And there's an eight tenths of a second gap between fifth and sixth, as Jeremy was mentioning earlier on and so that that's half the gap between the whole of the the field just in one spot basically yeah and and just yeah quite a, i think most of the, uh, the the cars the front of the field have done some sort of a qualifying sim um during this session whereas uh, those that farther quite a few of those farther down haven't uh, certainly uh, the fastest Sullivan lexus kind of a 14 that was fastest yesterday. That's been uh, just, just. It's made two pit stops now because uh, Jack Hawksworth is at the wheel at the moment. But that's only, only two, two stops during the almost hour that this session has been running. The number 79 car. We talked about that a little while ago. That remains out on race. Just one pit stop for that car during the session. So a really long stint for Jules Gunion in that number 79 car. So that, that hasn't done a qualifying sim yet either. So uh, I think you know it, it'll be it'll be less than two seconds. Uh, in in time differential amongst the whole field, not necessarily in qualifying because the uh, in GTD so the the non-pro drivers will be taking the qualifying duties there, but in race trim it's a really closely matched field. And we've seen plenty of uh, instances where the GTD cars uh, have beaten the GTD pros, even to what one might call it an overall victory in the GT category. Uh, hello to Tom Marshallek. Good morning, as it is to him. Uh, be chilling on the front porch, he says, listening to practice. I do have to break out the lawnmower and get some work done today, though. Um, I have a feeling that is getting put off uh, over in Ohio. Tom, a big Mustang fan, owner and fan and a big supporter of what we do here on IMSA Radio and across RSL. Thank you for the kind words, Tom, and have a lovely day. Um, just have to pick the right time to get the lawnmower out. That's the, uh, it's all down, it's all down to the logistics and the planning and the tactics. That's all what it's all about. There was a couple of gaps today where you might get a bit of mowing done. I'll put it that way. 35 minutes to go. Uh, and that is uh, what, yeah, already, Jeremy, yes, time flies when you're enjoying yourself. Uh, oh, yeah, and but, uh, there's not many gaps during the schedule today. No, indeed, indeed, no. I think we've got about an hour between uh, WeatherTech qualifying and the race later on uh, this afternoon uh, at uh, VIR time. True. 
and uh, that will give us the chance to recharge our batteries and go and lie down in a darkened room after qualifying. I've got a feeling it's going to be an absolute cracker. We'll have that um, in vision for you as well as our audio coverage, whether you're here in the US or you are farther afield, it will, it will not uh, cost you anything. Um, there's no reason to be paying for that, as we have done all year. Uh, and that continues through the rest of this season, uh, all the way through to Petit Le Mans. Uh, who is it? It's Sheena Monk back in the 66. Uh, Acura as off at the final corner. And the hog pen is the number 78. It's Loris Spinelli in the 40 yeah. racing car. Now, I think he's dead stick. I, I can't hear any noise from the V10 Lamborghini engine. And he's outside the final corner. That is a very dangerous place to be. This will bring out a red flag if he cannot get that car restarted. Just rattling through that area now was the number 97, Aston. Yeah, and that, oh, that he's got was. It in the pit uh, lane. He's got it in, yeah, the, pit got it in the pit lane. Yeah, well done. Uh, that was. Uh, we, we saw Michel Goitbert off the road with that car just uh, five or so minutes ago. But this is uh, Loris. I think this is his outlap actually. Just, uh, just a task. Maybe not quite up to temperature there. Just locked up the brakes going into Hogpen. And as we talked about earlier on, ran a long, 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 long way wide out there. And um, again. The grass cutters have clearly been out on the racetrack, but he's, he's not the first one to have done that. No. And thankfully, he's got enough purchase so the grass isn't wet. Correct. So he's able to uh, keep that car, get the car sort of back under control before he got that into the barriers down there. Yeah. Probably um, a little bit more grass than maybe this time. Uh, I said 97 Aston Martin. I know that isn't an Aston Martin. It's Turner Motorsport and it's Bill Oberlin and it's a BMW. Sorry. Um, I, I was just musing on. What, it is a very dark blue, that car, of course, uh, in this year's livery. I, I, I was just musing on why that car might... I wondered if the, one of the bumps might have just triggered the uh, the engine cut off and maybe that was just a reset in the car uh, by uh, by the driver there, Laura Spinelli. He's staying in the car and just making a couple of uh, adjustments as the crew are talking to him. Just getting that car back into neutral and ready to re-fire it. We haven't talked much about the Inception McLaren, um, which is out there. Frederick Schandorf. That car uh, wasn't at the sharp end of things for quite a lot of yesterday. And then I think spurred on by our saying that, all of a sudden it popped to the top, or at least close to it. Frederick Schandorf has a lot of experience and he's currently sitting in seventh position. Faf. Uh, the number nine Motul driveway Porsche. That guy ninth at the moment. Klaus Backler's just had a wee drop at... And by which I mean he's, went up, he's gone off the track. He hasn't stopped for a quick drink. Um, just a, a little understeery moment on the entrance to Oak Tree, turn 11. All four Michelins into the dirt and again just finds his way back onto the track gently rather, rather than trying to haul the wheel to the right, which might have cause more problems than it would have solved. Didn't you do that yesterday? Uh, yes. A number so. of people up there did exactly and, and the same thing. Yeah, and, he, and he's just perfecting the, the art there because there's not a lot of runoff no. between 11 and 12 there. So perfecting the art, if you are going to run off there, uh, get it back under under some sort of a semblance of control before you impact the tyre barrier. 
So he did a good job of that. Did uh, Klaus? There was no panic that, there uh, at all, was there? I mean, no. I mean, we, we can't see what's going on on board, but I, I suspect that it wasn't all arms and elbows. He he gently coaxed that Faf Porsche back onto the track at the exit, after the exit of the corner. He didn't try and drag the car immediately onto the track. He knew he was going off, dropped two wheels off, knew he could probably drop four wheels off if he scrubbed a bit more speed off, which is exactly what he did. And he stayed out there, even though he yeah. had to clean his tyres up. He's heading through the climbing S's, the snake now. Yeah, that was a little five, drag six. on the brake there. Then a lift at turn nine and ten into 11 now you just heard the engine revs drop a tiny bit that i don't think that was a lift off i just think that was a little drag on the brake with his left foot there immediately back on it jeremy back in rhythm back with confidence even though he'd been all four wheels off uh, ex almost exactly a lap previously a little bit more tentative into the oak tree bends that time around yes, but it only so. cost him five or six seconds last time around with that off uh, as you say so and that's including uh, losing some time with the dirt on those tyres through the final uh, five or six corners here. So, uh, you know, right back on the horse there for Klaus Backler. Uh, and uh, he'll be, see what he can turn this time around. Sector times are, yeah, respectable. The first sector was about three tenths down from what he would have expected, but the second sector was pretty good for him. So, again, I think he's doing a fairly long run here. That car's also only been in the pits twice during the hour that the GT Hulk has been out during this session. And of course, Faf Motorsports, you know, tremendous success here. They won this race each of the last two years, two different, different driver lineups. Uh, two years ago, of course, in GTD. Last year, it was the first year of GTD Pro. Uh, and again, with a different dry, driver lineup here again this weekend. And that Inception McLaren, I was talking about that a few moments ago. Brenton Arie did a brilliant job last time at Road America to qualify second partners in GTD. That was really, really impressive for uh, Brendan. I mean, he's, he's getting a lot of track time these days and you know, just, but doesn't have a, an awful lot of experience compared to many of the other guys. He's not in terms of years. He's certainly got a lot of miles of the last two or three years with this Inception group. Yeah, and for anyone of a certain age um, like me, uh, the Lark McLaren immediately comes to mind when I see that. The long-tailed F1 GTR, that uh, red and dark. Great. Let's head back to Shea Adam, who's picking off some of the drivers who've been out already. Uh, and she's moved a little further down the pit lane now. Mikael Grenier is her next subject. Mick, have you ever actually raced at VIR before? Yeah, I did some Star Mazda some years ago, and I did GT World Challenge in 2019, I think, with Winwood here. How different is it in these cars on Michelin's? Yeah, it's a bit different, actually. The I think Pirelli over one lap probably has a bit more grip. Uh, I think over race distance, the Michelin is better, so it's what we need for longer races. Uh, a super nice track. The SS are really fun. Uh, I'm not sure about racing. I think it might be difficult to overtake, but uh, we will see tomorrow. That makes qualifying even more important, and looking at where you guys are on the charts right now, pretty happy with P3? Well, <laughs> we, we will see it later today. I think uh, BMW... Uh, McLaren and Lambo will be super quick again. Um, the BOP is a bit different, but we have more weight, so it doesn't change anything really. Uh, we will see. We have to be smart with strategies. Uh, Mike will do quality. He's normally very good. Uh, we've improved uh, pit stop uh, the last few races, so let's see. Two podiums.
Williams in a pole in the last three races. Uh, is that giving you guys confidence going in the right direction? Yeah, I mean, it um, would be nice to win a race. We've been really close. In, I mean, Daytona, we had a good race going before we had a mechanical issue. Sebring, I think that's we lost that race because I think we should have won Sebring. Uh, since then, it's been a bit more tricky, but uh, we are always there. So it would be nice to win a race before the end of the season and fight for the endurance cham championship because we are one point behind. So that's also the, the goal now. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Yeah. You hear a number of drivers talk about the sprint championship or the endurance championship. Uh, for quite a while, the longer races, of which there are four this year, there'll be five next year, more on that in a moment, um, have formed the Michelin Endurance Cup. And sort of the other side of that, to balance that uh, equation out, is the Sprint Cup. They are the shorter races so you don't have to do a full season you can do and then of course you can go for the overall championship but for those people who are doing a part season these uh, uh, championships within the championship are really important and the endurance cup in particular requires a slightly different mentality on strategy and tactics because there are interim points handed out at various points uh, various times throughout the the longer races. It's the last round of that, of course, at Motul Petit Le Mans. As the Madison Snow Paul Miller Racing Cup goes a little wide at turn three, but Madison keeps his foot in and continues along. That car's still the quickest by 0 0.069 of a second. Let's so go down to Sheer Adam. We saw Loris Spinelli have uh, a little moment at the end of the lap what, four or five minutes ago, and he brought the Fortier Racing, powered by USRT Lamborghini, into the pit lane. Shay, what's the news on that car? It has not yet left the pit. Well, that's the worrying thing, John. It went back out, did one more lap, and came back in. They're checking in the engine bay to see if all the connections are still tight on the right side, uh, next to the engine, actually. It looks like everything's fastened up. But now they've gotten out duct tape, and they're trying to duct tape something down in the passenger compartment of the car. It's behind the cool suit area, uh, and it looks like it could be... Oh, it's a hose in there that goes to the Bosch system. So maybe it was a computer glitch out there that caused both Misha and Loris to have spins at various parts of the track. Well, I definitely think that when Loris was dead stick, it looked like something had killed the engine. It went very, very quiet. Um, so maybe a loose connection there, as you say. Now, that, if that's been happening out on the circuit, that would be very off-putting. The last thing you need is the motive power cutting out another car that's having problems at the moment that has been uh, treated to some remedial attention in the pit lane is the number 12 Lexus this was brought in by Frankie Monte Calvo and the the bonnets the hood is off that car they're working around the right front wheel area but also looking at the engine, how they can see the engine in that. I mean, it is a front-engine car, but the engine is as low as it can possibly be and pushed, Jeremy, as far back as it reasonably can be as well. That's all within the rules, uh, of course. Um, this is all about getting the, the weight balance of the, uh, of the car, uh, the weight balance of the car right, uh, and engine work going on to the left-hand side of the engine there. Uh, as well but valuable time on track being lost at the moment for a couple of our competitors yeah true and uh, 
it's just looking to see how many that, that car's completed 22 laps in this session the vast majority of cars have turned 30 laps or more uh the faf motorsports car though that's is that still in the pits as well just gone out actually but that's only turned 17 laps during the session so a lot less than uh, most of the other contenders during this hour and a half session we've only got seven minutes remaining for gtd as jack hawksworth in the the sister lexus jumps up to third fastest at 144.755 in car number 14 so third fastest overall he is now best of the GTD Pro entries, just about a couple of tenths quicker than the Corvette of Antonio Garcia. Yes. Uh, Robert Angelis improves last time around, 145.645 for the Heart of Racing Aston Martin team. Hello to Sarah, up in crew, who will be listening in this afternoon. Massive Aston Martin fan, and uh, I'm sure we'll be cheering them on tomorrow and indeed the uh, GT4 versions later on today in the Michelin Pilot Challenge, which will close our Super Saturday coverage. That uh, 14 car, Jack Hawksworth behind the wheel of that at the moment, and in fact, last time around, put in that car's fastest lap at 144.755. That is the best mark in gtd pro and about uh, three tenths of a second ahead of antonio garcia in the corvette and then there's a bit of a gap back to third place Yulgunon in the repaired weathertech racing car if you weren't with us yesterday very nasty fire in the pit lane right hand side of that car bodywork quite badly singed necessitating the replacement of some of the body panels and I think the windscreen as well, that got uh, rather melted to the right-hand side. Good news was Daniel Junkadea was uh, already getting out the car, so he was fine. And the team doing a magnificent job, pulling a late-nighter to get that car all sorted out in time to be back out for the full session today. Yeah, and that car... John, uh, Jules Gugnier finally brought that car into the pits. Uh, just the second time that car has been in the pits during this session. A really good long run there for the WeatherTech Mercedes and turning laps regularly about uh, yeah, about a second away from its fastest time. Its fastest time was a 45.5. The last lap it turned was a 46.3 before it came into the pits. So uh, I think that bodes well for that team during race. Good consistency there on a good long run we saw the number 14 Lexus also do a long run early on with Ben Barnicott at the wheel and similarly was about a second off what uh, that car is capable of now uh, that improvement there for Jack Hawks was right towards the end of this session as we've got now we're inside what four minutes to go I think for the GTD non-pros and the pro cars will have an extra 15 minutes after that which gives them a super opportunity to uh, go out with a new set of Michelin tyres on and find out exactly how fast they go. And if any of them complain about traffic, I'm going to take them out and clip them around the ear for that. The qualifying 
uh, is all of the cars together. So this is the best chance they're going to get. It's a single 15-minute session at 3.45 local time this afternoon. So that's 8.45 in the UK, 9.45 if you're in Europe. And then we'll have a wee bit of a break uh, whilst we get ready for the two-hour Michelin Pilot Challenge race. Virginia is for Racing Lovers Grand Prix. So just coming up to a quarter to, just after a quarter to midday at the circuit. A bit of cloud cover in various parts around the circuit, but the temperature's holding up rather nicely. 90 Fahrenheit in the air, 91 on the track. We mentioned the fact that this is uh, quite a light-coloured racetrack surface. So we're down on what we were earlier in the racing week. Last couple of laps now for the GTD cars. Some of them have already pitted, including Robbie Foley in the Turner Motorsport 96 car, which currently stands second on the timing screens. Still the majority of cars out there, using all this time. Just the two yeah. practice sessions, though, today, in fairness. Uh, this week, rather, in fairness. True that, and the most laps turned uh, during the session will be 40. Uh, currently on its 41st lap is the Inception Racing McLaren. Frederick Shandorf remains at the wheel of that car. The uh, the time that that car has posted during the session, what's said by Brendan Reeve earlier on, so Frederick Shandorf again, just taking advantage of the opportunity to do a, a longer run to finish off this free practice two session for the IMSA World Tech Sports Car Championship. Slight improvement there for Chandler Hull on that last lap, moves himself up into 13th position overall and ninth in GTD and second of the tournament swap BMWs, the other car up towards the front in second position, that time set by uh, Patrick Gallagher and Chandler Hull's best time there, a 45.8, about a second behind Patrick Gallagher. Last 15 minutes then, about to commence. It'll be this lap and possibly one more for the GTDs before they have their virtual checkered flag. Hello to Max UK. Very wet in Brighouse. Managed to get the Corvette cleaned and polished for the classic car show in Ripon in North Yorkshire. Go Corvette. I was up that way uh, last, not last weekend, but the weekend before. Went across the North Yorkshire Moors, round the back of Whitby. And uh, a couple of weekends ago now, actually. And had a great run. Saw some cracking cars out on the moors, some good driving roads there. And up in the borders, went up there as well, round the back of Duns, uh, through Kelso, the Scottish borders, back through Jedburgh, down the A68. Field trip, huh? Oh, yeah. Um, 700 and odd miles the first weekend. Um, I went up there, gave the car a good blast, cleared it out. Um, somebody told me um, it was uh, known as an Italian tune-up when you get, <laughs> get to the red line a couple of times. Very unusual that I can do that on the, uh, the public roads, probably only in first and second, but it was, it was good fun. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, managed completely by accident to spot the new Porsche Macan electric 
their car, the full BEV that was out testing uh, on the moors. And uh, that was interesting. A bit of a pork around that whilst it was getting charged up. Obviously very much a, a mule. Only sold alongside the internal combustion engine. A version for a wee while, as is the new Macan. Uh, so it was the uh, Porsche um, Boxster, should I say, um, EV. And we've seen yeah, it go on a good lap here. This is a nice lap that's been put together for the Lamborghini. Coming to the line now. And it is that car's best lap, a 45-3 for Loris Spinelli. So no harm, no foul after that uh, grassy moment. We saw that uh, that mission E, didn't we, at, um, from Porsche, turning some exceptionally quick, although relatively quiet laps um, at, where was that? It was uh, Watkins Glen, wasn't it? That, uh, that was whizzing around past us at ridiculous pace. Be part of an all-electric uh, Porsche racing series, we believe, and a lot of that going into the new Porsche battery sports car, which is the uh, uh, the, the Boxster and uh, the Cayman. Uh, Shay Adam down in the pit lane. Let's pick on a few more drivers. And uh, this time uh, we have got... Did you see Jordan down with you there? I did, actually, and I'm so happy to say that Jordan finally got out of the Corvette because you've just been having way too much fun out there in the C8R. Around VIR, how great is this car compared to previous gens? Uh, I mean, actually, yeah, I did drive the C7R here that year that Magnuson had a con concussion, so I guess I have had some experience uh, in previous generations. But, yeah, this car suits the track really nicely. Um, it's definitely tricky today with the heat. I think everyone's going to be struggling tomorrow with tire degradation, so try to Trying to get a, a handle on that is the biggest part. On new tires, it was quick. I think Antonio's about to go do a qualifying sim. So on race pace, I think we're okay. I think it's just going to be down to not making mistakes tomorrow and, and you know executing the pits. This traditionally has been a race where we've seen very little caution, so that changes things. You think it'll be a tire-dependent race, though? It seems like it. I mean, there's been so many guys off track this session. It's pretty crazy, like on our GT-only weekend especially. So. Yeah, I think there could be more yellows than usual, uh, but you can't really count on it. I mean, some years it, it goes green when you think there's going to be a lot of yellows, and sometimes you think it's going to be a lot of yellows and it goes green. So, yeah, you never know, but thankfully I don't have to think about that too much. I'll let the other guys stress about that tonight. I'll stress about the driving side. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of what caught us out last year. We were we jumped everyone in the pits early last year, uh, and then that yellow kind of killed us, and we lost all of our track positions. So some weekends it helps, some weekends it hurts. You and Antonio have gotten so many podiums together, so many wins for Corvette Racing. You still have three more opportunities to knock out wins at pretty big tracks. I mean, this one is one of the coolest with the Michelin Man Trophy. Yeah. But then Indy and Petit yeah. Le Mans, Antonio's never won Petit, so you got to do that one too. Yeah, I mean, they're all great ones to win. I think VIR is always special because it's GT only and you can win overall. Uh, Corvette's won here a bunch of times. We won here together a couple of years ago. I can't remember what year, maybe 21. Um, and yeah, Indy's going to be special first year back there, and then uh, and then Petit, obviously, you know, Antonio, since I joined the team, has been telling me that's the one he wants to win out of every race of the year. So uh, that's on the calendar every year. Uh, it's always nice to close out the year with a victory. So yeah, hopefully we can have a nice send off here. And you're going to be rejoining the family next year. But the Corvette Racing, this group has been your family for such a long time. So how badly do you want to leave them on a positive note? Yeah, for sure. I mean. See a super difficult decision to make that uh, make that move, but 
Yeah, I think it's uh, we've got three more big races coming up to look forward to. We've had so much success together. You know, I've been with the family for 12 years now, so basically since I was a child. Uh, so it's it's going to be emotional, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, we're we're still family. I'll still see them at the track every weekend. I'm sure I'll, I'll be hanging out over here more than, more than I will with my new guys. Good luck this weekend, Jordan. Thank you. Yeah, if you didn't uh, catch that, it is back to the family business. Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Autosport and into an Acura for Jordan Taylor next year. And the opportunity to take some overall wins, rejoining his brother as well, of course. Uh, so Jordan Taylor even more motivated to get his teammates Antonio Garcia, that elusive win at uh, Motul Petit Le Mans. It seems incredible, Jeremy, to me, that every for everything that uh, Antonio Garcia has achieved in uh, the IMSA championships and the various iterations of them, that he hasn't actually won Motul Petit Le Mans. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it, really? Um, quite remarkable that he hasn't, because he's, he's, as you say, he's won just about uh, everything else in, in this championship. He's... Uh, He's competed 14 times at Petit Le Mans, has Antonio. Uh, three second place finishes. Uh, he's had a pole there. As you say, that elusive first win still beckons. And it's going to be interesting to see Jordan next year back in the prototypes, of course, with his, with his father's team, but driving against his brother this time. I mean, they had yeah. a lot of success together, sharing a car. Uh, but next year, they're going to be in, in, in different cars. That's going to be really, really interesting, I'm sure. It was a difficult decision in some ways for Jordan, but by the same same token, great opportunity he's going to have there with that team in the prototypes next year in GTP, which is just in GTB, which is just you know gaining in interest and excitement as we move along. Has experience, of course, of the big race at Le Mans uh, in GT, and has had a great success there in the past with with GM and Corvette. Uh, we're yet to find out what Acura, what Honda wants to do. It seems inconceivable for me. Now, there are no prototypes here this weekend, so um, we probably could have left this for another time, but we're talking about it now. So um, it seems inconceivable to me that a global company uh, like Honda, where Acura is represented in so many territories, wouldn't want to take their GTP car, um, LMH as it would be known over there, Le Mans Hypercar, to have an opportunity to win at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. True that. Watch this space, I think. I mean, you know, the team, um, Wayne Taylor's made no no uh, secret of that. He wants to get back there. Yeah. Uh, as you say, Jordan's had experience there. Uh, Ricky's had a lot of experience there. All their drivers have had experience at Le Mans. So it certainly would make sense and... Uh, there hasn't been a, an announcement one, one way or the other, has there? No. Yet about that, but uh, it certainly would be no surprise if Acura did announce that it would be uh, taking on that challenge for next year. Um, yeah. Uh, every time I've spoken to it's David Salter, isn't it, at uh, yeah. at HPT at Acura in the US, and what a character he is. Every time I've talked to him about it, um, he's openly. Um, discussed it and said that they wanted to get the car sorted to a level that they were comfortable with it before they even talked about a, 
further customer cars or moving outside of the IMSA Championship. It's, it's got to be sometime soon because that car seems now that they seem to be unlocking the performance potential uh, of that car and they've clearly got teams who, who want to go and do Le Mans even if they could only do that as a one-off and not the whole WEC. I, I think it's got to be coming sooner rather than later, Jeremy, to be honest. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, that, that car has been uh, fast all season long. Uh, in fact, if you look at the, the GTP class in terms of its points, if you uh, if you didn't penalise number 60 car the 200 points that it, to, that it was docked after Daytona, it would be leading the points overall this year. This year. Uh, in, in the manufacturer points, they're still behind Cadillac, which leads the way in uh, in GTP manufacturers. But uh, it's been a really good season for uh, Acura. They've been competitive in just about every race. And uh, I would anticipate them being the same for the final couple yeah. of races of the season coming up at Indianapolis and Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Uh, this is the Michelin GT Challenge at VIR. But just one point that people are, um, are going to be thinking about this as we've been talking about two cars for WTR next year. Uh, the Mike Shank Racing program not confirmed in terms of their prototype program, although of course um, one of their uh, prototype drivers has been confirmed for an IndyCar uh, next year. Um, Mike Shank in interview with um, Sportscar 365 I think it was saying he hoped to know by the end of this month or part way through next month what the plan was whether they were going forward uh, with the sports car the GTP program for next year uh, still the same times at the top Jack Hawksworth has just put in a quick time for Vassa Sullivan in the Lexus 144.669 that's the second best GT time but still, Madison Snow has a scant 0 0.027 advantage. That's one. Yeah. In, that's one in Madison's cap, isn't it? To be ahead of the of the Jack Hawks with Pro Car. Oh yeah, he'll be pretty happy with that. Certainly, I mean, and the two BMWs that were first and second, they're only separated by 0 0.069 of a second. <laughs> uh, and Jack Hawks has managed to slot himself in between the two of them. So that's a pretty stout effort by by that's him. Uh, not easy to do. That's precision parking, isn't it, that yes, one? It's <laughs> really, really done that rather well. Top three cars then within three quarters of a tenth of a second. Three, not three quarters of a second, three quarters of a tenth of a second. 0 0.069. Then there's uh, about two tenths uh, further back to Antonio Garcia in the Corvette. Looks like Jack Hawksworth hasn't given this up and he's trying to claim the top spot in this free practice session we've got four minutes to go but with just five cars out on the circuit a really good opportunity to yeah, hang it out do. and find out what the car can do for qualifying this afternoon 144.669 he has 144.762 he didn't improve lost that in that final sector I think he was looking good earlier on in that lap yeah indeed he was he was four tenths down on Madison Snow's final sector that's a surprise for jack hawksworth and everybody had a bit of a slip uh, coming maybe down through uh, the roller coaster there it cost him a little bit of time but certainly that the uh, the Vassar sullivan lexus number 14 is fast uh, improvement there for antonio garcia 
844.829 for him. That's the best time that car has turned, turned in this session. He's only, what, uh, a, a tenth or two, you know, better part of two tenths behind Jack Hawksworth. So the last three minutes, Jeremy. And there's an improvement for Daniel Hukadea and indeed for Antonio Garcia. The pro driver is still out there now, starting to turn it up. Ross Gunn's improved as well. Not sure how much further they can get up the timing screens, but uh, an opportunity for them uh, to make some hay in the relatively quiet situation where there's only five cars on the track, Jeremy. Yeah, and the, the fastest overall sector one was set by uh, Michael Grenier in the team caught off Mercedes. He was also purple in sector two, actually, until Jack Hawksworth just beat him last on the last lap around. Is that car only six quickest overall? So Grenier, too, lost some time in the, in the final sector compared to everybody else. But Hawksworth, he's not, he, he hasn't given up. In fact, he's just gone to the top. Fastest of all now, 144.569 for Jack Hawksworth in the number 14 Lexus. So three good laps there for Jack Hawksworth in a row. I think there'll be this lap and one more for most of the drivers. Hawksworth still hanging it out as he goes through turn five and starts to climb the hill. That rumble from the Lexus V8 engine. He's not leaving anything out there. There's no point in this session. He'd have put a new set of Michelins on as he climbs the hill now uh, in front of the lodges to driver's left. What a great place to watch motor racing. Crests the rise. Just backing off slightly as he goes through South Bend at turn 10. Now has to get it turned in to 11 and 12. Ooh, thought he was going to go off that. Missed the apex to the entrance to Oak Tree at turn 11. But somehow the front end of that Lexus played ball with him. He's, uh, we'll see what his split was like. Very short first sector here from the start-finish line They're between three and four, and then it's up to the exit of Oak Tree, and then all the way back home from there. Still a minute to go here, Jeremy. And yep. this is the opportunity for these drivers on relatively low fuel and tyres that we know give good performance right the way through a 15-minute session. So this is the opportunity for these drivers now to really lean on these cars and to get themselves some idea of what they possibly could do later on this afternoon for qualifying. Improvements last time around for Ross Gunn, but only a 45.4, so still better part of a second behind the leaders for the Englishman in the Aston Martin car number 23. Uh, Danny Junkadela also improved last time around, 44.8 for him, and Antonio Garcia moved himself up into second position in the Corvette, another improvement for the Spaniard, a 144.638, so just 0 0.069 behind Hawksworth and 004 ahead of Madison Snow because of the non-pro cars. Both Hawksworth and Garcia now in the pits as the chequered flag flies. Cadela is out there now. He's just gone purple in sector two, personal best in sector one for the Spaniard. What can he do? as he speeds toward the line in at number 79 WeatherTech Mercedes. Here he comes, crossing the line. There's the end of the pit lane, and he goes to the top. 144.539. The top three now separated by just 
Uh, check that the top four separated by just a tenth of a second. My goodness me. Four cars, three GTD Pros and a GTD. As Hunkadella leads uh, Jack Hawksworth, Antonio Garcia with Madison Snow, the best of the GTDs. That's excellent. Right at the very end of that session, Jeremy. Yeah, very cool. So four different manufacturers there covered by, as you said, barely a tenth of a second point. 103 uh, back to Madison Snow in fourth position. Mercedes, Lexus, Chevrolet and BMW. This is going to be an exciting qualifying session a little bit later this afternoon. And we'll have it for you live in sound and vision. And uh, that is uh, live, free and unblocked. Also uninterrupted for you later on this afternoon. Uh, if you go to imsonradio.com, hit the index button at the top left, the little three bars, and a live video will get you onto it. Well, interesting. Very interesting indeed. Still the whole field separated by not much more than two seconds. And the top... Actually, if you go down through the top six, Jeremy, in fact, actually, the top seven's only half a second, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's tied out there. It's, uh, it really bodes well for not only this afternoon, uh, but tomorrow as well. You know, the top uh, 13 cars, just 1.1 seconds covering them. And uh, the whole field just over two, as you say. So, yeah, it's tight. Uh, but it's particularly interesting, isn't it, to see four different manufacturers there right up at the sharp end and nothing to choose between at the end of this free practice too. Mercedes, Lexus, uh, Chevrolet, Corvette and BMW. Before we finish, we'll let Jeremy get away because he's got to prepare for another session. So thank you very much to Jeremy Short. Uh, Shea Adam uh, with a quick final interview uh, before we hand back over to our colleagues at the track. Shea, where are you? Uh, with Jules Guignon, because this is the best thank you that you can give to your crew is to put the car P1 at the end of a practice session leading into qualifying, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's very good for the crew. Some of them lost a bit of hair yesterday from the fire, so we decided to, yeah. Anyway, we're always deciding to try our best show, but uh, looks like the car shoots the, the track quite good. And uh, we did some change overnight also on top of the repairs on the setup, and it looks it was a great improvement. So. Yeah, thanks to our team, and uh, let's see what we can do in quali, because once again, through practice, you never know what, what people are doing, so let's see later on. Good luck later. Thank you very much. Shea Adam was down in the pit lane. Jeremy Shaw alongside me, John Hindorf, in the Global Broadcast Centre. Thanks for joining us. We've got more to come, so don't stray too far away, whether you're trackside or around the world. We have it for you this afternoon, live in sound and vision, here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.